Not that we want to dwell on Christmas and gifts and everything for a whole month, but we do want to dwell on the fact that Jesus came. We want to think about that season of the year when Jesus came to give us life and give it more abundantly. The title of my message is The Promise Fulfilled. Sometimes we th- when we think of Christmas, we just think about gifts, Caroline. But when I, when this morning I want you to think about the promise that came. The promise that God fulfilled. God is a promise-keeping God. Do you believe that? Do you understand that? The birth of Christ is the fulfillment of his promise in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. It says, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. I don't know how many years it was, I didn't go back and look and count them, but it was between that prophecy and the birth of our Lord and Savior. But I'm sure it was a while. And probably as we do when God gives us a promise, we wonder, God, are you ever going to fulfill that promise? But as we all know, God fulfilled that promise and Jesus was born. A fulfilled promise is not the end. It's just a step in God's master plan. The birth of Jesus wasn't the end. It was a great day. There'll never be a day like that again. But it wasn't the end. Just as Jesus' life as his birth wasn't the end, it was only the beginning. His name, Jesus, as found in Luke one thirty one, means he shall save. Salvation for us wasn't complete until Jesus died on the cross. There was a promise of a king, the King Jesus. But nobody knew exactly how that was all going to come about, what he was king of. They thought he was going to be king of Jerusalem, king of uh, Israel. But he was king of the Israel nation, and he's king of the Christian kingdom today. Jesus is only king of where he is Lord. You ever think about that? We talk about King Jesus, but he's only king if, we, if he's Lord of our life. He's only king to me and to you if he's Lord. Anytime when he speaks to us and we say no, he's not king, he's not Lord. The only time he is, we can honestly say that he's Lord in our life is when we say, yes, Lord. That's when he's in control. As long as we're saying no, then we're in control. So just as Jesus' life, he promised to us that fulfilled, that's fulfilled, a promise is just another step in our journey. 2 Corinthians 1.20, it says, For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. The promises of God in him. And I want you to remember that 
the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen. And so when God gives us a promise, it's important that we stay in him. You know, we can't be going around doing our own thing and expect God to fulfill his promises. Isn't that what that says? To God in him, or yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. And so God fulfills his promises through us as long as we remain in him. And I want you young people, you know, sometimes when I stand up and preach, I think some people think I'm only talking to the old people. But guys, young people, it's important that you understand God's promises. That you get a promise for yourself today that'll stick with you the rest of your life. A promise that may take years, and I'm going to share a little bit about that later on as we go, but you need a promise from God for your life. You need something that will stand out to you, that you can lay your hand on and say, this is from God, and this I believe. Just as Jesus was a promise that was fulfilled. What effect does the birth of Christ have on you? And how does it apply to you at your workplace? How does God's word and God's promises affect you at your everyday work? Business decisions. Things that you do. People you work with. Has God given you a word for those people? Has God given you a promise? Years ago, I forget how long it was exactly after what year it was. Glenn is the number man in our family. He could probably tell you. But years ago, we bought some property. All woodland. And at that time, Penn State was telling farmers, you know, don't buy anything that won't return any money. That won't pay for itself. Well, here we bought this 155 acres of land. Borrowed the money that we didn't really have. <laughs> Borrowed it. We didn't really have the, what I was worried about, the funds to pay it back. And I, after we bought it, I, I, I laid awake at night thinking about it. How are we going to pay for this? Penn State says you don't do such things. But Penn State isn't God, right? And I worried, and I worried. So we went to Haiti on a mission trip. And this is a point I want you to, young people to understand. We went to Haiti on this mission trip, and the guy called me up front, and he says, prophesied over me, and he says, the decision you made was the right decision. That was a promise from God. And you know what? I had peace after that. I never wondered again whether that land should have been bought. But a word from God, a rhema word from God, can change your life, can change how you live. And people, each and every one of you, need a word from God for your life.
There's been many words that God gave me, but that was just one that stood out to me as I was praying about the sermon this morning. If God gives you a promise, it's for for a purpose, and he wants to fulfill it. The Christmas story to all of us is that it shows us that God wants to and does fulfill his promises. The Christmas story is, shows us that God wants to and will fulfill his promises. How many of us had promises from God and you wonder, God, when are you going to ever fulfill this thing? When's it going to happen? It might take a while. You have to expect it. You have to believe it. And you have to wait on it. You see, you could be reading the Bible one day and a, a, a scripture jump out of the Bible and say, yes, that's for me. God will say, that's for you. In Exodus fourteen thirteen, it says, And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. Remember, the Egyptians are a sign of the devil. And the Bible here says, this was a promise to Moses. The Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more. And as I was studying last night, here's a scripture that jumped out at me. And I felt the Lord telling me, that's for somebody that's here this morning. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what the devil's been saying to you, but I believe this scripture's for you, that after today, if you'll turn it over to God, it'll never bother you again. Just as that day in Haiti for me, it was gone. And I don't, like I said, I don't know who it is or what you're going through, but I believe there's somebody here that's struggling with something and God's telling you, might be more than one, today's the last day. It's going to bother you. You're going to be free after today. Verse 14, it says, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. The Lord will fight for you. You don't have to fight for yourself. You don't have to try and figure it out. You don't have to try and do everything yourself. The Bible says the Lord will fight for you. In fact, I've found out that it's better if I don't fight. But it's easy for us to say, you know, it's another thing to turn it over to God. But he says if we will, we'll have peace. We need to accept his word. Luke 1, 38, it says, Then Mary said, Behold, the maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. According to your word. Let it be to me according to your word. Can you say this morning in faith to God, Let it be to me today 
according to your word. Let it be to me according to your word. And again, I want to say, do you have a word? Do you have a word from God? Because it's important that you do. A rhema word from God. It can be a word from the scripture. It can be a word that somebody gives you. Just as I said this morning, there's somebody here. It's going to be set free this morning. We need to accept that word. We need to accept his promise for healing or blessing and leading a fruitful life. Sometimes we allow the devil to rob us by stealing from us the word of God, by stealing our faith. He makes us feel unworthy or worry about what people might think of us if we do what he's asking us to do. What does it matter what people think? It's only what matters what God thinks. And then what you think of what God thinks. (laughs) That's what matters. Right? Mary wasn't concerned. She said, again, be it unto me according to your word. She wasn't concerned what people thought. Being pregnant, out of wedlock. Didn't matter what people would think. Didn't matter that she wasn't married. It just mattered that Jesus, God had told her that she was going to have a child, and she said, Let it be according to your word. Matthew 4 4, it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by any word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We live by the words that come out of the mouth of God. We need to believe. I'm going to turn to Matthew 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he had thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take, your Mary, to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and took to him his wife, and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. So Joseph believed the angel. He accepted it, and he believed. Joseph had to believe that God was involved in this circumstance in order to carry out what God had told him. What about you this morning? Do you believe that God's involved in your circumstances? 
Did I believe that God told us to buy some more land when we didn't have money for it? Oh, sure, the banks are glad to give it to you. Back in those days, them days, they loaned you money if you had lots of collateral. Today, they're more interested in can you pay it back. They don't care how much you own. <laughs> they don't want your house or your car or whatever. Is God really saying this? If you're going to see the promise of God in your life, you have to believe. Abraham had to believe God's promise to him when he said, your children will be as the dust of the earth. When God told him to offer up Isaac, his only son. God, how are you going to fulfill that promise you made to me if I kill my kid? But I believe Abraham knew that God would fulfill his promise. Years ago, God gave Marilyn a word, and I'm going to let her share it. And there's another thing that, that we did years ago that I never even read this to my kids. But Pastor Glenn and Barb and us, we made a covenant. It was back in 1976. And uh, God fulfilled these promises. It took 35 years. Some of you get impatient after a year or two. But these promises took 35 years for God to fulfill. So be patient and wait. This promise was probably given to me about 25 years ago, at least 25 years ago. And it was given to me at one of Sylvia Evans' retreat uh, weekends. Uh, she's been having those for 34 years, so I believe it's been at least 25 years ago. Uh, Barb and I have been leading worship there uh, nearly all of those years. We missed a couple, but um, when we got to our room that day, there was a basket, a hospitality basket on our bed with some goodies and snacks, and in that basket was a promise, and the promise in my basket was Isaiah 45.3, I will give you the treasures of darkness, hidden riches in secret places in order that you might know that I, the Lord God of Israel, has called you by your name. Well, that stuck out to me, and, you know, it, it just kind of jumped out like the scripture sometimes does, and when I got home, I shared it with Pastor Arlen, and, and uh, he said, what do you think? I said, I don't know, but there's something under our ground. There's something in our land, and we tried to speculate. Maybe it's the rocks, those stone rocks that we have. Maybe we can sell those for landscaping, but anyway, um, the Lord gave me that promise 25 years ago, and I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to sweat or toil or anything. Just had to believe. We just believed the promise, and of course, the gas wells have been the fulfillment of that promise. There were treasures in hidden places and in darkness. So God is, is really good, and he's faithful to his promise, even though it might take a long, long time for it to happen. Continue to believe him. And then um, you might be sitting there thinking, yeah, you probably never had a day in your life that you had to be concerned about finance as well. Let me tell you, nothing could be further from the truth than that. When we were in our farming partnership together, we went through some really dire circumstances financially. And this yellow paper here is an agreement, a covenant that we wrote up on December 30th of 1976 at 9 p.m. I can recall it very vividly. Barb and Glenn were at our house. We were around our kitchen table in the little house that we used to live in where Terry and Marty now live. And it says Landis Brothers Partnership. For those of you who don't know, we had a, a farming partnership, a dairy farm partnership. That's how we moved up here and why we moved up here. 
says Landis Brothers Partnership, RD1, Troy PA, 16947. We have our phone numbers under it. And then it says Covenant. <clears throat> Father, we agree that the financial needs of Landis Brothers Partnership are met according to Philippians 419. But my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Luke 6.38, given it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom, for with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Mark 11.23, have faith in God, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things ye desire when you pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. We stand on your word. We believe you will prove your word, Malachi 3.10. We can now see our financial needs met through the eyes of our faith. We thank you for it in advance. And we officially signed it, and Glenn Landis, Barbara J. Landis, Arlen R. Landis, and Marilyn E. Landis. And on the bottom you see the mountain. It says, this mountain shall be removed, with underline on shall. And then on the other side, it says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. And the line at the bottom, uh, financial need met and mountain removed. So we do know what it's like to go through financial problems. And we did find God faithful. And it didn't happen at the snap of a finger. And I think it's important also to say that we did tithe through all that time, too. No matter how tight things got, we never, ever stopped tithing. And God is faithful to his promises. God is faithful. Do you believe that? Do you believe he's faithful to you or just uh, the Landis's? You know, for some reason, we had, I think it was, what well, was a year after we started the church that we wrote that, right? And uh, we were, start believing, start standing on God's promises at that time. And, uh, you know, I don't know what possessed us to write that, except that God told us to do it. So we did it. And God fulfilled those promises. And what I'm here to tell you this morning is that God wants to fulfill your promises just as much as he did ours. Not that everything is gravy today for us. I mean, you know, we have other struggles. But God is faithful. And I believe that this season, this Christmas season, one of the things that he wanted to show us, that he is faithful to his promise. What do we do while we're waiting for God to fulfill his promise? Just proceed on. Just keep believing. Keep quoting the scripture. Keep working. Don't be lazy. Keep praising God, as Pastor said. Luke 2.25 is my last scripture this morning. Luke 2.25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, 
And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of the peoples, a light to bring salvation to the Gentiles and the glory of your Israel. Somebody made the statement that Simeon may have gone to the temple every day, may have gone once a week, or whatever. Or maybe he was just walking along one day, and God told him to go in. And when he went in that day, there was fulfillment of the promise. How do you know where it might be, or when it might be, or how it might be that God wants to fulfill your promise? Don't limit God. Don't limit God. I lied to you. I said that was my last scripture. I'm sorry. (laughs) Isaiah 55. This is where I started when I started studying this week. Isaiah 55, verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not turn there but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, add bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. But it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. My word will not return unto me void. It will accomplish that thing which he had sent it. And I was reading that scripture a couple weeks ago, thinking about today's sermon. I thought of what Ed Young always says. We gotta go to a whole nother level. Gotta go to a whole nother level. His ways are higher than ours. We gotta start thinking. We gotta start believing a little higher than what we're believing and thinking. Because his ways are higher than ours. His ways aren't like ours. As I said, when we bought that land, Penn State says that was a dumb thing to do. But looking back, that was a pretty smart thing to do. When we bought our farm, people told us we were crazy. In fact, the guy we bought it from said, if you had that much money, he says, I sure wouldn't buy a farm with it. Marilyn shared about how our money was tight. We borrowed every cent to buy the farm. We borrowed the money to pay the lawyer. 
God was faithful. At one point we had money borrowed that we paid 20% interest on. Those of you that have debt now are paying 2%. Some of you, 3%, 4%. But guys, God was faithful. He brought us through it. We got to quit our stinking thinking and move a level higher because his ways are higher than our ways. Amen? So as you come into this season, begin to believe the promises of God for your life because they will happen if you believe. Amen? And so in closing this morning, let's stand. And I want to pray for that person that I mentioned earlier. But if anybody else is having problem believing God for the promise that he gave you, if you're doubting, if you're not sure that God really meant what he said, I want you to come forward this morning and let us pray with you. Because God wants to increase your faith. God wants to give you your promise. I really believe that or I wouldn't have preached about it this morning. God wants to give you the promise that he made to you. So as Chris leads us, come forward and let us pray with you.